Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for the Paperboy. Who is that, Jen? I'm looking for the office of Ward Jansen of the Miami Times. I work for the Times. This here is Miss Charlotte Bless. Oh, not for long. Hillary and I are engaged to be married. Everything you need to know about Hillary Van Wetter that's been in the papers is here in these boxes. Um, now, and our exciting correspondence is in the bottom box. I really just want to thank you for helping me get Hillary out of that hellhole. Well, I wouldn't go booking the honeymoon just yet. Oh. But we are going to fight this in the way it came about. the murder of Sheriff Call. I understand that the judge allowed testimony based on evidence that he never even saw. Is These your paper boys? Mm -hmm. What are they gonna do for us? Deputies say they found the sheriff's body at 6 a.m. But it was a way he was killed. That's what makes everybody assume it was you. I ain't the only one carrying a machete around here. What really happened? You look a little young to be a journalist. You can get your man out of jail, wouldn't you? You don't love him. You don't know that. Hillary ain't so bad, and I'm not so good. I've got another side. Tell him we got Hillary out. Governor's gonna pardon him. Yeah. Charlotte's half down home. What do you want me to say, man? Gotta get out of there, boy! You put your hands on me again, I'll mess you up! Somebody will cut you to the last. I know what you came for. I got what you want. <laughs> Jack, I really messed up this time. Stop fucking me, boy! You son of a bitch! Where you going, paper boy? Ain't no way out of this. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Eugene Hernandez from the Film Society of Lincoln Center. And tonight's guest, Lee Daniels. Here we are, back again. Lee Daniels, welcome back to the Apple Store Soho. Thank you, sir. Uh, and this is um, this event. Everybody. Hey, look at Hey, Purnell. Look at that. This event is uh, part of the, uh, an extension of the New York Film Festival, uh, so a festival happening with an event downtown. Uh, I mention that because Lee was at the festival last night with uh, an amazing screening, uh, an honor, uh, an award uh, for uh, Nicole Kidman. It's a great night. Yeah. Um, this movie, which I got to see at the Cannes Film Festival, which was a, I was so excited to be able to be there at the very first screening, People have been talking about this movie since that screening and talking about parts of the movie. There's just, there, you know, and some of them are in the trailer. There's, uh, there's some parts of the movie that you're, you're pushing these characters. You always push your characters to places that, um, and you push your actors to places where maybe they don't necessarily expect to go when they sign on. Or do you think they do expect to go th to these places? Oh, yeah, they know. 
Is that because of you? Is it because of the script? Is it because of... I mean, it seems like they want to... Nicole was saying this yesterday. She she wanted you to yeah. push her. Push her. And she still had ba- boundaries. She, you couldn't push her further she, than she I wanted to go, but she went far. I don't think you go any farther, do you right. think? I don't think... Yeah, I think that they know that the material is the... The script is the script. The... Uh, that my reputation precedes me. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I want. And... um. I think that we, uh, you know, we, we, it's time to get down. Yeah. It's time to get down. So, uh, and it's fun. So let's, let's talk about the kind of conversations you have. Let's talk about the, how you've built a movie like this. And so let's talk about the acting. You come from casting. You've ca- you, you, yeah, that's you've, part of my world. Part of your background is in casting. And so you have mm. this very, and this came up yesterday, and some of the critics that were asking questions at the press conference yesterday were, mm. have noticed your ability to really... Um, pull together a cast that on paper people might not necessarily expect mm. to work mm. and then the performances again go further than people would expect so l- let's talk about how you work with actors for a minute let's talk about how you build some of these characters let's start with Nicole and talk about how you built this character because um, she's a very complex character mm. um, Nicole plays this woman who has, uh, I don't want to, not going to give away the whole movie, but she has a relationship with um, John Cusack's character. Um, and that's a, that's a challenge, there's a challenging relationship there. And then there's another character in the movie, Zac Efron, who has eyes for her. She kind of rocks his world. Um, tell me about the early work you did with her to kind of flesh out, because this is a very three-dimensional character yeah. to me. Well, we want to talk about the casting, or, or you well, want to talk you, about... You, let, let's put aside that you, you, chose, you chose her, but I want to sort of talk to you about how you built this character. character. Once, once you chose her, how okay. you sort of worked with her so, at the early, um, early stages. Uh, well, yeah, I knew the girl. You know, I had to, you, know you can't direct someone okay. into a place unless you know these people personally, unless they have entered your life or um, you've walked this walk, or you, you know, you've experienced that experience to direct it so you know that it's truth and it's, and it's real. You can touch it and know it's honest. So with uh, Nicole, I had known many women that had wrote prison, men in prison. And uh, you know, a lot of African-American men are in prison. And I grew up with uh, a lot of uh, you know, my relatives and uh, neighbors, writing men in prison, women. And so I just stuck Nicole in a room with uh, women that had wrote men in prison. And uh, normally it's a fantasy thing, you know, it's a fantasy thing because they really don't <clears throat> expect them to get out. But this one does, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then things get really interesting. Yeah, so she studied this, you know, she really, we didn't rehearse, I don't rehearse. It's really about talking uh, and, um, so if you're not rehearsing, mm-hmm. how are you, again, trying to take a, think about how you build these characters? How, what are you giving an actor? What kind of ammunition are you providing them? Or is it really their, and what, and what are they bringing to the table? What kind of conversations are you having with her? You, she did say that you asked her to watch some movies. You yeah. asked her to watch some other movies. I, I asked her to watch, I wanted, to get, I wanted her to watch, uh, I told her to watch um, Heat, the Do, Joe D'Alessandro, Sylvia Miles movie that Andy Warhol produced back in the 70s. One, because it was about the acting, it was a style, and uh, Sylvia Miles had a big fat ass and she was shaking it and walking and 
I wanted her to imitate that and that sort of crassness that Sylvia has. Nicole said you were obsessed with her uh... ass. Yeah, and she and she uh, put on a lot of weight for put about fifteen pounds for me, and um, yeah, so um, part of it was just uh, a lot of it is talking to me. It's really talking to me about my life and and my world and the way I see the world and how I happen to see this character and then, mm -hmm. oh, here's some examples of this character and now mm -hmm. go, action, mm -hmm. you know? Because once you get past working, understanding me, then you know uh, how to play ball with me, how to, how, to, how, to, how, to, how to work in my arena. So if there's no rehearsal, as you're shooting, especially some of the tougher scenes, um, and we'll watch a clip in a minute, but um, especially some of the tougher scenes, you're also on a low budget, so you don't have a lot of time to, you know, shoot over and over. So you you have a pretty idea, pretty good idea of what you want, and what you're hoping to get. But you're you're really hoping to get it in the moment because you're not rehearsing. Right. No, I block in my head. I block it. Right. I storyboard right. it. I mean, I, right. I sort of uh, the you know it's all storyboarded and I block it. But I'm could be wrong. You know, I could right. be wrong about everything. So I'm open to. You know, if it's not working immediately, even if the words aren't working, forget about the blocking, but if the yeah. words isn't work, they aren't working, then we just sort of switch it on spot and we're scrambling. But I don't believe in sitting in and, and having the actors. And I shoot the rehearsal. I shoot it and, and because yeah. quite most often that is uh, that's something that, um, you know, you get the truth in. You get, you, get, you get the flavor of the actor, of what they bring, what they're bringing mm -hmm. without any direction. I don't pretend to know it. I don't know. I don't know it all. And, and you know, it's a collaboration. So I know. I know what I know, and I know what I don't know. And I know that I, I have to depend on the actor um, to help me. To help me. Yeah. So the Paperboy is based on a book, and it's a book that many filmmakers had been attempting to um, adapt. Famously, I think but I got it. Famously, Pedro Almodovar <laughs> was one of the people that snatched it. So, what? What was the? What? Mm -hmm. Why did you want to? Why, what about? What about this movie? You were trying to make another movie after Precious. Yeah. Um, then you switched gears, put that movie aside, went on, went to this. Why was? It, why this movie? What was it about this movie at this moment that spoke to you, that called you, that inspired you um, creatively? What movie? The um, characters. They're so, you know, fascinating characters. Characters that I knew, you know, characters that were real and that were, that we, don't see, could... that we don't see ever. Like, you know, that you know these people that I see often on the streets and it was like precious. Like, you know, we see this girl, but we, you know, we never, we never um, see stories about her. Mm -hmm. And so I, when I read the book, it was, a, it was no difference from precious. I, I, why, I know these people. Why don't, why isn't there a movie about, why? You know, and they say that it's so shocking. I'm so bored with shocking. You know, what's so shocking is that we don't see enough of it. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's shocking that we don't see enough of these types of stories about right. people, real people, right. with issues. And I know that America is in a very dark place right now and <clears throat> that we need to escape to go to see the Avengers and the Spider-Mans, and I think that's a great thing. But I also think that, you know, we're continually, the studios and the media, continually underestimate the intelligence of the film goer. Like, you know, let us go to a movie just to sit and think. 
you know. How does the time period play into the some of some of the choices you made um, in the way that you're telling the story? Let's talk about for a moment some of the visuals, some of, some of the way the way you shot the movie, what it looks like, the music. Mm. This this is a period movie that's set in a very specific, not just time period, but a very specific place during that time period. Yeah. So it seems like a lot of the creative choices you made are dictated by how you see that time period. Mm. And, I'm, and if you're saying it's a lot about you, you're, you're probably thinking about sort of what you were thinking about, what you were inspired by during that time period, I'm assuming, like the music and stuff. Yeah, the, 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 I watched a bunch of movies from you know, Deliverance to uh, Cool Hand Luke to uh, Guess Who's Coming to, you know, the, the, anything that was made from 68 to 72, I studied. There wasn't a movie that I didn't see. And, and I wanted the audience to feel that they had seen a film that was made in that time period. That was my, I, I knew that I'd get the actors to throw down, but my uh, um, goal, aim, um, hope, uh, as, my, as a director, was to get the um, audience to feel that they had stepped into um, a time period of the late 60s, early 70s, that you had watched a film that was made, flaws and all, through edit, through sound, through, through uh, acting, through, uh, through my camera choices, colors, mm -hmm. costumes, even um, acting style that was of the period. Mm -hmm. You know, and if I had done that, I felt like I had done my job. Yeah. So why was that period so important for you to explore? Or it was just unique, it was just necessary for the story? Yeah, because it took place in the 60s. Yeah. It took place in 67, yeah. 68, 68. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, let me shoot it like it was shot in 68. What would have happened if, if, some, if, the, if, if I were in the... If I, were t if I were shooting this movie in 1970, what, what would be at my hand... How, what would the edit look like? Yeah. How, would, how, how would the sound feel? How would the music feel? Right. You know? how, and so I studied all those movies, and I, I really wanted to go for the flaws. Right. You know? What do you mean by that? Well, I wanted to, well, Nicole wouldn't do this, and neither would Matthew, but I wanted to, <laughs> like, you know how sometimes you watch those movies and the sync is off with the lips? No, I wanted to go there even, but uh, that didn't work out. Did you test that? Did you test I tried to test it, and they were not having it. Yeah, that's interesting because there's other places you make you you ha you have your characters go in this movie and and that uh, you know just having the sound off uh, the sound out of sync is is much less uh, sort of personally daring mm. you know if you think about some <laughs> of the, there's a there's a scene that that's been talked about already I'm not going to repeat it here I'll let people who haven't seen the movie see it but mm. there's there's scenes between you know Nicole and Zach that that uh, that everybody's talking about you can say it. Zach gets um, stung by a jellyfish, and and uh, who knows how, how do you how do you, you know uh, what happens? Everybody in the room knows that. What do you have on. to do if somebody gets stung he gets by a jellyfish? Yeah, and um, yeah. So let me let's just talk about it, okay? Because that's where you're going at, right, Eugene? I know where you're going. Um, it was in the book. Pedro wrote it in the script. Yeah, it was great. It was really great. It wasn't, you know, and uh, it's what happens. It's what the characters would have. It would. It's what it done. And, and um, did you think? Did you know it would shock people? 
when you, I mean, not it was the way I shot it. The cold, yeah. Well, it was. You know, it was the way I shot it. That, but I wasn't shocked. So I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm in the edit. I did it. We did it on the second day. It was great. I wasn't nervous about it. Nicole wasn't nervous about it. Zach was had a smile on his face. You know, we're all. You know, we're in it. We're in. You know, we're in it. And uh, but then when I got into the edit room, I got nervous. I got nervous because I was like, I don't know whether this is a sort of vulgar. Uh, and I kept thinking my mother was going to see it. And I just thought, I don't know, you know. So I called Nicole, and I said, Nicole, I can't do this. I can't, uh, this, is, oh, this is a little, this is taking it there. She says, Lee, it was in the book. You wrote it. You made me do it. You made me pee on Zach. You are going to put this in the film. And I said, okay, I think. So I still... It's, it's the only part of the film that I question, you know, because I, I think that people make a deal about it, and it, if I had taken it out, um, it wouldn't have been true to the book, and it wouldn't have been true to the script, and yeah, you know, I, yeah, I, I question it, you know, because people are making a bigger deal about it than they are about the film. Certainly a hook, certainly a, a, yeah. a, 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 a way into talking about the movie. It makes me wonder about, um, and I'm thinking about Precious, I'm thinking about some of your other movies. I can see how bold choices would be made in the context of shooting a movie. You're with the actors, you're there, you're in the moment, let's mm. try this. Mm. When you're in the editing room, it's a different process. Oh, yeah. You're outside of that. You're, now you're, you're looking at all the footage in front of you, and you suddenly sort of are, you know, reality hits you. Oh, I, I pushed these guys too far. Maybe I shouldn't show yeah. this. I'm very is that something you do? Is that, does that happen to you a lot? Yeah. Because the they go over, they go, look, what you see on screen is only a tenth of what is on what I've shot. You know, they go there for me. And I am very protective of the actors. And that's why we work over and over again with each other. I'm protective of them. I love them. They are family to me. When we are in it, we're in the trenches together. We don't have any money. You know this. I've told you this before. You know, we, we are... We're moving. We're moving, and um, you know there are no egos. The only ego is the story. That's the only ego that's there. Mm -hmm. And so we're there. Mm -hmm. Nicole's putting on her own makeup. Ain't no different from Monique and uh, working at craft services. McConaughey is, is is in costumes. Everybody's helping. We are all a team. We're a team trying to. It's like putting on a play. And um, how do you hold on to that kind of? How do you hold on to that mentality and sustain it over the course of a production? Because you are working with big name actors. Friends, we become family, and through you know, with this is the last movie I just did was not like that. That was a this bigger is a movie budget. called The Butler. You just finished. Yeah, shooting? that was a different experience. Oprah uh, Winfrey's in it. Terrence yeah. Howard. Yeah, and Jane Fonda and Alan Rickman. It's a big, Vanessa Redgrave is a big, uh, but um, it was a different experience. But but this experience was um, like my other movie experiences that, you know, you know, movie stars are used to. Uh, um, the Hollywood accoutrement, you know, the trailers, the caviar, the trainers, and we got some M&Ms, some pork rinds in the freezer. <laughs> They've been there for a couple of days. Come on, let's, you know, hit it. And they, and they enjoy it. They enjoy the world that we, that I, you know, bring them in. Let's watch, we'll, a, let's watch a scene uh, from the movie. Um, I don't know how much you want to set up these clips, or should we watch it and talk about it after we see uh, okay. it? Okay. Um, the first clip is um, this is the scene with in the is this the scene in the kitchen with Matthew? Okay, yeah, okay. I'll talk about it first. So this is the scene that uh, this is the scene that um, 
that we, it establishes Macy Gray, who plays the uh, maid uh, in the Jensen family. And she's, um, we're finding out, we're finding out um, about who Ward really is, is the first clue about who Matthew McConaughey really is. And also, you know, I saw a movie called uh, The Help, and uh, it just sort of turned me off about their depiction of uh, how um, The Help was portrayed. I, you know, half of my family were maids, and so uh, this is sort of my interpretation of one of my aunties or one of my relatives and their relationship with um, the people that they were serving. Let's take a look. You meet anybody new up there in Miami? Well, I met a few. Oh, yeah. All types down there, you know? Well, stay away from those rough ones. Remember what happened the last time. Hey, kids. You look beautiful, buddy. Oh, they're hey. doing good. They're doing really good. I'm... As soon as I get out of here, I'll go see them. I'll make dinner all over again. <laughs> You should come to that dinner, too. <laughs> come to that dinner. I think Ellen is maybe number four since you left. Yep. That's why I don't take them bitches too seriously. You know, they come and they go, and they come and they go. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And we have a surprise. Hello. Macy Gray. Hi. Welcome. Hi. Let's dig a little more deeply into what um, Lee was just talking about, and it's a way to bring Macy into the discussion and talk about this um, character. We could have a whole other discussion another time to talk about the help, and I have a lot of problems with that movie myself, but we can talk about that another time. Um, why? Tell me about first Lee and then Macy. Tell me about the um, development of this character. You said that it comes from a a place for you that that is personal in that it relates to people from your own family, from your own life. Hmm. Um, I would like to hear more. It'd be interesting to hear more about that. Yeah. Um, it, just like I said, you know, it's uh, it was so, I can't direct it if it's not personal. If I can't tell somebody this is this is the way it's supposed to be because I know because I lived it. And so uh, and with Macy, we, you know, we worked together before on Shadow Boxer. Well, I love her in that. And um, there was a connection, and I knew that uh, she was going to knock it out of the park. And, um, and then she just had her own interpretation. And I think that, look, here, Macy, <clears throat> Macy's sort of, sort of character. We, I, talk, I bullshitted her and told her, oh, we're going to have her looking like Diana Ross. And... Um, and so, because it was in the 60s and stuff, so she came into the, tra I came into the trailer and there was this row of wigs, all of which like the Supremes would wear, you know? And she was sitting there in her stocking cap ready for the wigs to come on. And then I looked at her and I go, mm-mm, that's what you're wearing. And she's like, no, please, Lee, don't make me, please. Please, I want to be pretty. I said, no, you got to keep it real, keep it raw. But I have her looking good one time, so. Yeah. 
I'd like to hear more about that conversation from your side. I mean, we talked a minute ago um, about how Lee works with actors, and it, it's not, I don't think that, well, I wonder if, it, if it's him putting you in a place where you're uncomfortable, but in a zone where you feel comfortable, if that, if that distinction makes sense. Because it, it seems like he's pushing you, he's not going to give you the wig, but he's going to make you feel comfortable not wearing the wig. Right. Well, we, we talked on the phone, and I was like, I want to be a beautiful maid. Like, I said, I want to be the kind of maid that comes to work really dressed up like Donna Ross. Like, I want to wear gowns and stuff. <laughs> she did. So he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Anything to reel her in. And you're thinking, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, okay, I got this cool character. So then, uh, so then we get there and have my wig cap, like you said, and he goes, oh, that's it, you know, like, you're just going to wear the wig cap. So my hair was like, it was a mess, and I, you know what I mean? And then I at least wanted to wear powder, like, at least let me, like. Put on some lipstick. Yeah, at least give me, like, something. I couldn't wear makeup at that point, like, it was. And then I was like, okay, what about my gown? <laughs> so before you knew it, I was I looked like that. Why go there? Why go there? What is it about Lee that makes you comfortable enough to do something that you, to go somewhere where you probably wouldn't have gone with perhaps another filmmaker? Well, he's very specific. Like he's, he, he knows, like he might give you the humor you, you know, but he knows he's, he's very sure about what he wants and, and uh, the story he wants to tell and, and what it needs to look like. And he knows that before I think you come on. So he might entertain like or listen to your ideas and, and he'll, you know, some of them he'll take in, but um, but he knows what his movie's gonna look like, and and it has to go with that. And and if I think if you step on anyone's set, you know, you have to have um, a certain amount of trust. Of course, you have you bring your own thing to it and your input, and you can be uh, strong about certain things, and you can like be forceful about certain things. But but I think you know a director, a good one, you know. Already has already seen the movie in his head, and and you know you don't want to like mess that up because then you mess up his vision, and then it's then it's off. You know what I mean? So it's just like a point where you learn how to say okay, you know. What's last question on this thread? What spoke to you about this character? Then we heard what we heard from Lee, what he related to, and what spoke to him. What was it that spoke to you about this character? Well, I like that she. Um, she had kind of grown up with them, and that was really her family. And and uh, I, I thought she was she was interesting because you know there was a part of her who really wanted to be the, in the family. You know, she wanted, she considered herself you know kind of a mother figure because they didn't have one. And and um, but as the story went on, she realized that that was never going to be that as a as a, a black woman in the South in the '60s that you will never be family, no matter how long you stay or how well you take care of the kids, you know. So that was really her journey. And, and um, so I, th I thought that was a good story to tell. Let's talk about, let's switch gears. Let's talk about throwing Zac Efron into the mix now. Yep. Um, because, again, an actor that you're pushing to do things or perhaps you're asking him to be portrayed in a way on screen that, you know, this is not High School Musical. I mean, this is a very different the expectations of someone who knows and likes Zac Efron and walks into your movie is going to get a very different Zac Efron. Yep. And he's talked about how he was willing to, to, to he obviously, was, you see it on screen, willing to go these places. 
why put him in that spot? Why, why was he the right guy to play the paper boy? Why was he the right one to play this kid? Well, the universe put him there because I, he wasn't my first choice. And, um, and uh, he wasn't because I thought he was the Disney guy. And I just didn't, you know. Then I met, he auditioned and he was just, he was open. He was raw. He was eager. And he was a gentleman. And I saw a spirit there that I wanted to work with. And it was all about the spirits. You know, we all are spirits. And, 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 and you're being able to understand my insanity. If you can come into my world and really embrace me, then, then, then yeah. Then that's what, and that's what happened. And he proved me wrong uh, on day one. Hmm. He's really great in the film. I think it's a career-defining moment for him because he hasn't been this... There's some other stuff that he does here that I'm really proud of. Mm -hmm. he, most directors don't do two things. They don't usually say that an actor was not their first choice, and they don't usually admit when they make mistakes. You're saying that this guy was not my choice, and he proved me wrong because I didn't want him. Mm -hmm. he, uh, he had to prove something to you. Um, I think that's interesting because... Um, it would be you could you could have not gone with someone you could have gone with a more safe choice perhaps I guess you mm -hmm. could have, did you know right away that it was working did you know right away that immediately I knew in the room after I met him because I was so resistant to meeting with him uh, that he was the he was the paper boy um, I had to rearrange re some things because I had to embrace the drama that I was going to get because the paper boy was not supposed to be as good looking as he was. And so I had chosen someone that wasn't as good looking as he was. So he's walking around in his tidy whities and I'm getting all this controversy about him walking around in his underwear. Well, you know, he wasn't supposed to look like Zac Efron. So uh, that was sort of, actually, but I had to sort of, you know, make that sort of adjustment because the camera loves him. Mm -hmm. And so um, but then I, you know, I explored Macy's role. I developed her role as almost a mother figure to him, which wasn't in the book or the script. And um, it was started out really small, and then it grew into this mother figure. She tells him, um, Zach uses, calls, this, calls somebody a nigger. And, um, and Macy's has pretty much raised this kid. And so, um, there's a moment there where um, you would think that Macy would be upset personally, but no, she's more concerned about the kid that she raised at using that word. And so, you know, she says, you know, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch your, uh, you should be careful with that word. Somebody will cut your little ass using some shit like that. And he comes down and he says, I'm, I'm sorry. Those are the, the types of help that I knew and it was very honest and very true. I'm, and I'm proud, I'm proud of that moment. That relationship between these two characters is really, it, it brings the film some of its most tender moments, I, th I feel. Um, from your perspective, Macy, uh, Lee's talked about this now, but can you elaborate a bit on um, developing that kind of tender on-screen relationship between your character and Zach's character? Um, it was really magical. I mean, we we talked about getting together before, but we just didn't have the uh, chance because of our schedules. And then I got on set the day before, and then we that was the first thing we shot together. So we just like 
like Lee kind of gave us the boundary, not the boundaries, but like the setup for it and what it was supposed to be all about. And, and then we just went for it. We just really hit it off. Like Zach's really adorable. He's, he's an easy guy to, to hang out with. So it wasn't difficult, but that was the first, that was the first, um, <laughs> you know, Macy we didn't did, rehearse at all. Macy. Right? This, when we, 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 we would, we were, uh, there's a, I don't know what's not a, I don't know whether you have it here, but um, the opening scene, Zach is dancing in his underwear. And, um, and, and Macy comes in and Macy's just like, I can't, like, I can't look at him, Lee. I can't look at him. He's in his underwear. He's dancing and uh, they oh, dance Oh yeah, it was really him. distracting because he was, was, he was in his underwear the whole, the whole shoot, right? No, just that scene, Macy. Just that. No, he was in, in your mind. It was the whole shoot. Was not one. In your scene. scenes, he was in it because he's in the house. The the reason why he's in the house. Look, the reason why he's. People say I made a mistake at Cannes. I said um, at Cannes, I gotten so many questions as to why Zach was naked. Why is he all? You know, why is he naked? And I got so tired of answering. I said because I'm gay and I like to see why. Why not? You know what I mean? Well, you know, it was like it was a stupid question. And um. And so, but he, did, I, he did say that. <laughs> but I should have said the truth, which the truth was, was that, you know, I always ran around in my underwear in my house at that age, at 16, 17, and my mom would always say, slap me on my head, put some clothes on, put some clothes on. And I was always in my underwear. And I didn't look like Zac Efron, but, you know, so, but that's sort of how the character was. And, uh, and now it's sort of, uh, it is what it is. But anyway, so, next question. I want to uh, I want to watch and I want to get in all three clips before we okay. end this. So I want to get in another clip, and this is the one. Um, this is Nicole's scene. Um, I think this is a scene with Matthew, also, right? This is the scene in the uh, like the interrogation, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Not interrogation. This either. is the scene where that. Yeah. So Nicole Kidman is writing a. Uh, her boyfriend, who is in prison, and um, he, um, this is the first time they're ever meeting. They have, they've never met each other. You got 15 minutes, no physical contact of any kind. No tape recorders. No object may be passed to the prisoner. I'll be right outside this door. Mr. Van Wetter, my name is Ward Jansen. This is my associate, Yardley Aikman. You look like your picture. Mm. I do. Thank you. These your paper boys? Mm-hmm. What are they gonna do for us? They're gonna save you. We'll take some questions from the audience in a moment. Nicole said yesterday that she stayed in character the whole time and she said that when she would deal when she would deal with John Cusack throughout the set throughout the shooting. She dealt with him in character. Yes. And then at the end of the movie, he came up to her and said, Hi, I'm John. Hi, I'm John. After they had every, every, everything. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I'd love to hear what the audience uh, would like to know. So if you have a question, we have a microphone on this side. Just go ahead and raise your hand. 
and you can't be in the shy. Back row. You can't be shy because Lee's going to answer your question. So. Uh, hi, I just wondered. Where are um, we? Where I know are you we, said so? you just finished the Butler. Do you have any future projects coming up after that? Uh, yeah, I got a couple I'm looking at, but I can't even think about it because I have to. Uh, I'm I'm here to promote this film, and then I have um, to edit the Butler. That's going to take me a good five months, maybe six months. So I can't really even read material. I got a couple ideas, but I'm not even. I, I'm still working. Is it hard to keep those ideas out of your mind, or is it not hard because you're so focused on just getting this movie? I'm focused in? on the butler right now. I'm focused. It's hard to talk about this movie because I'm in. so in uh, the butler. I have one of my actors from the butler, Purnell, who plays the maid. Purnell, wait, say hello. She plays a, She was originally going to play young Oprah, and then I, so, I, I fired her and made her a maid, and she's fantastic. In the, in the, I wrote it out differently, and she's fantastic as a maid in the... Another kind of maid in the White House. Have people heard of the butler here? Have you heard it? Can you give us like just the one sentence? Because people may not. The butler? Yeah. It's about a. It's thank you. It's about a, a true story about Eugene Allen, who served um, seven presidents uh, uh, in the White House. It takes place from just post slavery to um, Obama's election. And it, he's a real butler in the White House, and it, um, it's the civil rights movement. It's a story about the civil rights movement. It spans uh, many decades, and uh, it um, stars Oprah Winfrey, Forrest Whitaker, and David, who plays in this, and uh, J Jane Fonda, and Alan Rickman, and Robin Williams, Melissa Leo. It's it's a great cast. I'm really excited about it. I don't I, I don't know what's happening with it, you know, because I'm still like yeah. it's still I can't talk about it. Yeah, it's too raw. But I can talk about this paperboy. Let's let's take another question from the audience. In the back row. Where are we? Sorry. Yes. Hi. Um, can you talk about securing the rights to the book and financing? Uh, the rights to the book. It was a very difficult thing because it was uh, set up many through many directors. The first director that had it was Pedro Motivar and I think the other director that uh, who directed uh, Basic Instinct, what's his name? Um, is that, German. Is that I Paul think. Verhoeven? Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven had it. And then maybe another director had it and, and then it was at MGM and at Fox. So I had to raise the money to buy the rights back from Fox really? and from MGM. And it was a very complicated, uh, but they, you know, they, they played ball with me and gave me it for a fraction of the, of the fee uh, and, uh, and um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was, it gets easier for me, you know, so, to, to raise money. Let's take another. In the second row. Right over here. Uh, what is the main message that you wanted the audience to get out of the film? Macy, what's your message that you think that the audience should take away from the film? Um, let me see. There's a lot of there's a lot going on. There's a lot of stories and there's a lot of like like you know, underbelly things going on like that. You have to go see it three, four times. Like you know those kind of movies like you see it a fourth time and then you say, Oh my god, I didn't see that last time. So there's a lot. It's really wild and you can't take your eyes off of it and and the performances are awesome. There's not really I didn't think there was one message. You might have one message, but when I saw it I saw like fifty messages, you know what I mean? But they're all like uh Depending on where you come from, you're gonna read different things into it. It's it's very like 
it's very deep and it's very detailed. So it's not one of those movies like where you get one, I'm trying to think of an example, like, I don't know. Like if you saw The Godfather, there's like 50 stories in that. You know what I mean? And this is not The Godfather. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like, um, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. But it's crazy. It's, it's all you got to see. Like you can't take you your eyes off. You see why I work with her. But, <laughs> but you'll, it's, it depends on like what, like you read a book and, and this person gets that out of it and that person. So I don't know if to me there wasn't one message. Did you have one message? Yeah, uh, couple. Uh, one was be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yes. Be careful what you wish for. And the other one was to love yourself. I think Jack's journey was learning to love himself. Because his brother didn't and his girlfriend didn't. Next question on the way to the right, first row. Hi, very nice meeting you. I haven't watched the film yet. I'm very looking forward to watching it. Um, my question is, what's the biggest challenge you faced when you shot this film, and how did you overcome it? The, um, that it wasn't a Lee Daniels Entertainment production. This was another f company that uh, did my film, and you know, all of my films have been uh, financed, and uh, you know, I've sold my film all of them uh, overseas. I've sold all my movies overseas. I've raised the money for all of them personally. And I was signing the checks on every film that I've ever done. And so as a director, after Precious, uh, you know, you just sort of, I, it's too much. You know, I can't sell the movies and make the movies and raise the money and da 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 da. It's, I felt that to be a better director, that I'd had to relinquish those rights. And so that was the hardest thing to be told that this is your box that you're in and you can't, you can't. You can't step out of that box. That sort of that was hard for me. Is it hard to let some of that stuff go, or mm -hmm. is it yeah. also liberating? It's liberating and it's hard because you know I don't. I'm no one tells me no. Right. <laughs> yeah, my mother tells me no, but you know. What did she say when she saw the movie? What kind of feedback does she give you? I think she. Uh, she's so proud of him. Yeah, I, she's proud of me, but I don't think she particularly cares for, you know, I've told you this before. She doesn't care for my cinema. Uh, she'll care for she's the She's in the movie. She's, she's in, in the, the movie. Yeah, she's, she's in the in movie. Her. Yeah, she's in the movie. But she, didn't, you know, she wants me to do movies like Tyler Perry. That's what she wants. But she'll like the butler. Yeah. She will like the butler. Yeah, she'll like the butler. All the way in the or, back, right in front of you. Hi, Lee. My name is Sonia. Very nice to meet you. Hi, Sonia. I am a full-time uh, film student, first-time filmmaker. I've uh, completed my first project, and I wanted to know how you handle your nose, because just very much like your actors in this movie, my actors gave me their all. Uh, I, I believe that they need, that they should be seen, but the barrage of no's in terms of being submitted to whatever, whatever projects we're trying to submit to. So how do you encourage a filmmaker, did you have to deal with any no's, first of all, with this film, in terms of, in any aspect of someone telling you no? I know you just said no one tells you no, but how would you, or how do, would you encourage a filmmaker? Well, I, I lied. No, I mean, people do tell me no, but I don't take no for an answer, and I think that's the answer right there, that if uh, you just make something else work, that, you know, it was insurmountable. Look, that this movie was made as a miracle because both two studios owned it, Fox and MGM, and both of them, 
you know, um, I can't believe that we, 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 we did it. So uh, I don't know. I've just learned to uh, navigate through life, never being told to take no as a, as a, this doesn't exist, you know? And if it is a no, then I gotta figure out the next best thing that'll, or better. Like this cast, it was a revolving door of actors that were, you know, I didn't know who was gonna be in what role in you, and then it sort of, it, God tells you exactly where and who is supposed to be in your cast. So, yeah. We haven't yet talked about, I think, is it Edward? Would you, you, there was a character in this movie that you changed. Yeah, and you said you changed it to be Yardley. more like you. You made Yardley. Yeah, you said yesterday that Yardley is. Yeah, Yardley. The David plays him. David Oyelowo plays him. David, sorry. And um, David is uh, sort of based on me. He um, is. Uh, you know, we have to put on several faces, and I don't think we have to do that much now. Mm-hmm. Obama's the president, but as an African American, we paid put on several faces to, or I did, to make it to where I had to go. And, um, and it's really homage to him, to, to, to me, of the games and the lies and what the tricks that you, the different faces that you have to put on to succeed. Being embarrassed about being from the projects, not being honest about it and saying, oh, I'm from Beverly Hills, I went to Harvard. And it wasn't, in, in, in David's character is like that. And it wasn't until I embraced who it was that I was, that I was able to soar. Do you, do you know what I mean? So I think but, that that's but you I'm, still you still made those choices, and it helped you get some sort of take some sort of next step. I don't think so. No? I, think I was very unhappy. I mean, I was very unhappy with. So you my thought at the time it, that it was inner. working, but yeah, but it wasn't. No, it was getting me in, but I was bullshitting. I wasn't. When living did you in let that truth. go? I think when I got Monsters Ball made. You know, really? Yeah, my first movie. Not until then. Hmm. What was it about that? Why did that? Um, I let my hair grow out. I became Rasta. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> I realized it wasn't working. And I said, let me just tell people where I'm really from and who I really am. And voila, Monsters Ball happened. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Next question, third row we? in the middle. Here. Yeah, hello. Um, my name is Paulina. Thanks so much for the surprise guest and for the intimate talk. And um, my question as an actress would be, um, in terms of casting, you said it usually you have someone already in your head beforehand for the role, besides the exception of Zac Efron. But do you have also open castings where you're open for surprises? And yeah, always. Always, always. But I normally have the same trio troupe that I like to harass over and over again. And you know, because they can tolerate me screaming at them. I mean, she deals with it, and they just—they just roll their eyes and you know tolerate me. It's a—it's a—it's like an old sock with a hole in it. You know what I mean? You feel comfortable with it. Not that I'm calling you an old sock with a hole in it. Maybe. <laughs> but it becomes your family, and then. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've worked with Monique before with uh, in Shadowboxer, and I've worked with Mariah Carey three times now, and um, I, I'm working with the same people. I'm comf- They know I, there's a comfort level of working with that person over and over and over again. They trust me, I trust them. We soar together and better each time. There's more questions on that. Where are we? Let's see. We have time for two more questions. Hold on. Your other actress. Hello. Why are you asking a question? And you know, everybody, you can ask me a question. I know. Go ahead. But 
She can ask a question anytime. All these people want to ask questions. What I'm saying, I got to ask this. Three more questions then, because she don't count. Okay. But go ahead. <laughs> the swamp scene in the movie. Yeah. Like, that's the most memorable thing memorable thing I've seen in the Paperboy that kind of grips me and I wanted to know how long and how difficult was it to film in the swamp areas and like where did you put the actors in their mind state because they had that down mm -hmm. I mean I felt that kind of swampy alligator it stank yeah it really stank well first of all everybody this is a uh I love her very much. She's in my new film, The Butler. But she starred in the movie called Pariah. And that's how I first saw her. She played the lesbian. Who's seen Pariah in here? She played the lesbian in Pariah. Stand up. Say hi to Purnell. Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, stink. We got gators. Uh, it was hardcore. Because not only was it you had the, uh, the, the mosquitoes, but you had the... Uh, the snakes, the water moccasins, the alligators, uh, the, the sound, everything at night. And you know, um, it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. And I think that that lended to the authenticity to uh, that environment. I didn't have to direct them. Them boys was in there, they was terrified. That shit ain't no, that ain't me. That's truth up there, you know? <laughs> I felt like it was an appropriate day to do this talk because it's it's nowhere near as hot outside tonight as it is uh, down there. I'm sure, but no. we, we walked in dripping today, and and it gave me a, you know, yeah. little tease for what it must be like. Uh, oh yeah, it was really hot. It was like a hundred. It wasn't like a hundred and one day it was a hundred and ten or something. It was in New Orleans in the summer. Humid. It was ridiculous. And you seem to be loving this idea of just like. Again, pushing these actors, putting them in this environment. Everybody's a little bit off. Everybody's like, you know. Off I mean, is how you get the truth. I mean, how do you get performances safe? Everybody's, is that real? I mean, I guess so. I mean, it's studied. It's studied. It's rehearsed. It's, uh, it's whatever. I, you know. Second row in the middle. Hi, my name is Bobby Ali. I was thinking about the distribution. How did you secure distribution and how was the process? Um, the, my, my financier uh, set the bar very high and no one wanted to pay the kind of money that we uh, were asking for. We had a few offers on the table. And uh, so he decided to, this is his second film that he's distributed. Bernie was his first film, Avi Lerner, New Image. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, I was excited. Um, Monsters Ball, I was responsible for Lionsgate getting their first uh, Academy Award, so to put them on the map. Um, I, you know, I like rolling the dice. Let's see how it goes. Exciting. The movie opens tomorrow, by the way. Yeah. Oh my God. Tomorrow. We're gonna have some fun, Macy. Oh. Y'all gonna have fun? Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people try to figure out how Lee does it, and it's just really, um, he just, it's, it's, uh, it's just his life, you know, like he's very, he's very fearless, first of all. Like the first time I met Lee, he was asking, we had a party, you were asking people for money, remember? Mm -hmm. He would, 
No, I not swear, like, like pocket was, change, but like money for a movie. Probably. No, like mm. so Gail King is there, and he was like, "I'm gonna ask her for some money," like because he was trying to get his filming, and he doesn't care, you know, that it's it might not be politically correct or that he doesn't even know Gail King, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard to like say, you know, this is how you do it with him because he he does, you know, he'll do anything. Like his whole thing about not taking no is because he really um, he doesn't look at it that way, like, what if somebody tells me no? He looks at it like, I wanna get this film made and he's completely passionate and then, you know, he sees things like in his casting, like he'll cast someone that you would never, you know, put in that role, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if you see Pretty Woman, like, no hooker looks like Julia Roberts, right? But he'll do, but they put Julia, but he'll put in someone who actually would look like that like do you know what i mean i can't explain it so just you his, did. his the way he thinks is nothing against hookers i'm sorry i mean uh, and so just meant like he'll he'll he cast like if you saw if you saw shadow boxer so when i read it precious i mean not precious pete was her name Peaches? her name was precious her name was precious too. monique was yes, named so. Precious in Shadow Boxer. Yeah, Isn't so that odd? It is odd. Yeah, that's her name was Precious that she ended up, yeah. So when I read it, I thought, oh, Precious is going to be Julia Roberts or something. But, and then Monique shows up. Or, <laughs> or <laughs> She was written as a skinny white girl with blonde hair on Yeah. Coke. And I said, nah, bring Monique in and have her make love with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. They're a couple. It's so much right, fun. Right, it's insane. Or Does like in this it? movie, Yardley is black, and he's not black in the movie. And you have Matthew McConaughey playing. Don't say. I won't say. But it's, it's just, you know, he, he does things differently than, than most of us, most, and, uh, and his process is just very driven and, and really passionate. And I think if you have that, then you can accomplish the things you want. But that's really all, all that's it about for him. Did I say that right? I said, okay, I was trying. And our last question is to your right in the back. You talked about focus during the period where you're editing. Uh, you worked with Joe Klotz on this film. I do, yeah, on so, all my films. Yeah, so is, is that a, a part of your key collaboration? So obviously, is that, cause you, you talk about being completely focused for five, six months after the project. How did you guys meet and how? Joe? Yeah. I saw, a are you friends with Joe? No. Oh, huh. <laughs> it sounds like Joe planted you here. Uh, Joe, I saw a movie that he did called Junebug, and I thought that it was exquisitely um, uh, edited, and I just thought, wow, I gotta hook up with this cat, and um, and we connect. He's sort of, you know, he's he's um, I'm wild, you know, and I'm you know I'm just like out there, and I'm always out of the box in thinking of ways to tell the story editorially, and he keeps me focused and. Um, not that you could tell from the story. <laughs> does, but it, does he have to tell you no, or does he? He have tells to, me no. How does he I keep listen. you focused? He you tells could, me no, and I listen to him. Really? My department heads, I don't. You I don't push back. Though? Yeah, I like pushing back. I love all of my department heads to push back on me. My costumers, I expect. I don't have the answer. You know, the the thing about me is that I don't pretend to have the answer. I don't know the answer, but I know it when it's there and presented to me. And so I'm. You were there to edit and I expect you to do your thing. And the same with costumes and the same with makeup. Though on this one, I don't know whether we had makeup. We had a makeup artist on this one. Not that you wore makeup. Uh, well, you did wear makeup in that one scene. But um, everybody, so I, I, I give the department heads the liberty and the freedom to 
run and, and do their thing. And um, I don't micromanage. I'm sorry to say that we're out of time. The movie she opens. Has, she has one. One more? Go. Hi, Lee. Glad to meet you. I'm Casey De DeVoe's mom. Hi. Hi. Yes, your daughter works for me in the yes. L.A. Yes. I just You're wanted a mother? To, yes, I'm her mother. Oh, my. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you, you said Zach wasn't your first choice. What about Nicole? Was Nicole your first choice? No. <laughs> I was going to ask, well, I don't want to end with you just saying no, because you just said you don't take no, and I don't want to end the cult. Well, because I, the thing is that what happens no. is that it's always a revolving door. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's always right. a revolving door of actors and stuff like that. So, but, uh, so, but the universe, God always takes, always takes care of me. He, you know, he's always uh, looked after the vision of, um, it always ends up being magical. What is I don't be? know. I've been very blessed. Well, that's a good place to stop. The movie is The Paperboy. It opens <clears throat> tomorrow. Go see it if you haven't. Thank you, Macy Gray. Thank you, Lee Daniels. <laughs>